0: Hi everyone, my name is Ishan, and this is the Build Your Talent Stack podcast. I started my career feeling like I needed to fit in, and now I shape my own career opportunities. And together with the guests I feature on this podcast, we share how we challenge the status quo in how we learn, connect with an aligned tribe who gets us, and shape our own jobs. And in many cases, these are jobs that didn't exist before. Get ready to be inspired to explore creative ways to learn, future-proof your talent stack and forge your own path in the future of work in a way that brings out your personality and your zone of genius. One of the top questions that I get asked about how I podcast is what equipment do you use? Which is the best microphone? Which software do I use to edit and distribute the podcast? Over the course of this year, I've tried three different brands of microphones, two different podcast platforms to distribute my podcast. And even though I did an incredible amount of research... I still ended up going through so much trial and error and I wanted to help you avoid some of that frustration that I experienced. I wish I knew what I know now as I could have saved so much time and money and having said that though, technology does change quickly so with everything that I'm going to share with you today, it'll probably be relevant for only a year or so and I might actually make this an annual ritual to share my latest podcast setup and new things that I'm discovering every year to share the latest on the ever-changing landscape of technology. But before I dive into today's episode, I suggest starting with part one of the Beginner's Guide to Podcasting. It's the most important step in planning your podcast because it's the step where you define the why behind your podcast, who your podcast is for and how your podcast will help them. These are the ingredients that will form the basis of your podcast elevator pitch and also help you decide on the best format for your podcast and choosing the cover artwork as well. In part two, I then shared how I plan topics for episodes, how I pitch to guests for interviews, and why it's important to build a relationship with your active listeners by incorporating opt ins into your episodes to build your email list. Today's episode is part three of the Beginner's Guide to Podcasting, where I'm now going to share the exact setup that I use to record edit and distribute everything from the equipment that I use to record this episode as well as how I record interviews with my guests. For those of you listening on the go, I created a cheat sheet that you can download and use to plan your own podcast. Everything that I shared in parts one, two and three from the beginner's guide to podcasting, from the process that I use to define the ingredients of my podcast elevator pitch, how to brainstorm ideas for episodes based on your ideal listener profile, how to prepare for interviews and the exact equipment and software that I use to record, edit and distribute my podcast, how I manage my workflow, all in one document for you to download and start planning your very own podcast. To grab the podcast planner, check out the link in the show notes. Okay let's move on to the equipment that I use to record my podcast. There are four things that I want to cover in this section on audio, which is the microphone that you use for recording, monitoring earphones, your laptop or computer, and then there's the audio equipment that I recommend your guests to use for their interviews. I have tried three different USB podcast microphones to record episodes for this podcast this year. Before I buy any equipment, I always read the reviews. I listen to so many sound tests on YouTube and even so, I still wish I knew what I know now as I would have saved so much time and money and I would have chosen a simpler setup as well. I only use USB microphones because it's easy to use, especially when I need my setup to be portable. The sound quality is better with XLR microphones than USB, but they also cost way more, at least four times as much if not more by the time you add all the peripherals that go hand in hand with using XLR microphones. The beauty of USB microphones is that you can plug and play with the equipment that you already have. I like being able to pack everything away in a small bag when I'm not podcasting to keep it dust free. The three microphones that I tried were the Blue Yeti microphone, which is probably the most well-known entry-level microphone out there for podcasters. I then tried the Rode NT USB microphone for the majority of my podcast this year And most recently, I upgraded to the Rode Podcaster microphone, which is the one that I'm using today. So which one do I recommend? Well, the first thing you need to think about is your podcast format, which we covered in part one of the Beginner's Guide to Podcasting. If you intend to do mostly solo episodes and you have carpet throughout your house, then you can use any of these three brands depending on your budget or how particular you are about sound quality. If you plan to do solo episodes and you have wooden floorboards or tiles, then I would go straight for the Rode Podcaster, which is this microphone that I'm using now. It gives you that radio broadcast effect where it will capture only the sound closest to the microphone, which means it's less sensitive to background noise. And if you're in a large area or in a room with floorboards, which creates a tendency for the sound to bounce off these hard surfaces, the Rode Podcaster is less sensitive to any noise that's not directly in front of the microphone, which is perfect for me because I do have floorboards. Between the Rode NT-USB and Rode Podcaster, I'd just pay that extra bit more to go straight for the Rode Podcaster. The sound quality is lovely in the Rode NT-USB, don't get me wrong, but only if your room is fully soundproofed. Most of us have to make do with the space that they've got at home to record. They probably don't have spaces that are fully soundproofed. So this is the reason why I recommend Rode Podcaster. It does cost slightly more, but you won't regret it in the long run. Coming back to the Blue Yeti microphone, it's one of the most affordable microphones out there and great for solo episodes. The reason I bought the Blue Yeti was actually because I wanted to have a backup microphone for in-person interviews. And it's the only microphone out there that with a simple turn of the dial, you can switch between different modes depending on whether there's one person speaking, two people speaking, or if you want it to be omnidirectional. Overall, the Blue Yeti is a great entry-level microphone for solo episodes and in-person interviews. What it's not great for, however, is recording interviews online. I don't know the technicalities behind why that is the case, but out of the three microphones that I mentioned today... The Blue Yeti has the worst quality for online interviews, and I regret using it for some of the interviews that I featured on this podcast. So I do apologize if you feel that the sound quality for interviews has gone back and forth. Another microphone my friend recommends for solo episodes is from Audio Technica. It's one of those wired headsets over the ear with a built in mic, the kind that you use for gaming. I don't have the exact model that she uses, but if you're a gamer or you prefer a multi-purpose headset that you can use for conference calls, podcasts, and facilitating online sessions, then check out the gaming headsets from Audio-Technica. For in-person interviews, I'm actually planning to use the SC6 mobile interview kit for smartphones. What it essentially is, is three pieces that you attach to your smartphone. The first piece is an adapter that has two audio jack inputs for two lavalier microphones that are compatible with smartphones. A lavalier microphone is a discreet looking mic, the kind that you pin to your clothing. I'd only recommend this setup if interviews are part of your core content strategy. The reason I'm going to switch to this soon is because I already have a lavalier microphone that I use for creating video content at work. So the cost of adding the adapter and one other lavalier microphone is not too bad from a cost per use perspective since I plan to use it all the time. It also means that I don't have to bring a massive podcast mic to the office. The sheer size of the mic makes some people feel really uncomfortable and it does attract attention. Whereas a lovelier mic feels more discreet and helps the interview experience feel more relaxed for everyone. When recording episodes, it's an absolute must-have to plug in a pair of monitoring earphones. Monitoring earphones are designed to let you hear exactly how everything sounds through the microphone so you can adjust the proximity of your microphone or any extra soundproofing that you need for the results that you want. There's a term that they use to describe monitoring earphones and it's called closed back monitoring earphones. It means you can hear the sound recording isolated from your background noise and it also means that the sound won't play back into the microphone and this is really important for interviews when your guest is talking and you're not. You don't want your audio file to have a low frequency coming through from the guest's voice as they're talking, as it makes it harder to make a clean edit. When I first read about monitoring earphones, I thought it was something I could live without, spending a lot of money in the beginning. So I started with a pair of really cheap wired over the ear headphones that were around $20. They lasted me for just under a year until they fell apart. I even taped it up to get a few more months use out of it. But it started to pinch my ears from where the parts had been taped up. Now that I'm celebrating my first year in podcasting, I've since switched to proper monitoring earphones, which I got on sale. They feel much more comfortable on the ears and it makes such a huge difference, especially on days that I record and edit episodes in batches when I'm wearing them for hours at a time. One thing people don't really mention out there on podcasting tutorials is that the sound card on your computer impacts the quality of your online interviews, I assumed that because I had an iMac, which is the desktop version of the Mac, that I would be fine. But it turns out that because my iMac was an older model, not that old by the way, it was only a few years, but even then, no matter what microphone I would use, the sound quality for my online interviews was atrocious. And it wasn't until I recently switched over to a MacBook Air that I realized using the same microphone, the quality was so different I realized it was actually the sound card of my computer and not the microphone. The moral of the story is before you blame it on the microphone for why the audio from your online interview is terrible, it actually might be the sound card from your computer. The last piece of audio equipment that I want to talk about is the microphone that your guests use in the podcast interview. Hands down, the most reliable equipment that I recommend is to use the free wired earphones that come included with your phone. I hope they still do that. Bluetooth earphones do work, but the quality isn't nearly as good as these often very cheap wired earphones. Why do I recommend earphones with a built-in mic for guest interviews? It's so that when you are speaking, your audio won't be played back on their speakers and interfere with their audio input. The only thing to watch out for with wired earphones is to avoid excessive movement especially with those with long hair or long earrings because it will create interference on the recording. Now that we've covered audio equipment let's move on to the software that I use to record and edit episodes. There are so many options out there now. So if you've already got something in mind, a different option like Audacity, Adobe Audition, or maybe you've got software that you use to create online learning, look up that tool on the internet to see if it has the features that you need for podcasting. Personally, I use GarageBand because it's free, it comes default with my Mac and it's easy to use. When I create a new episode, I use around four to five audio tracks. One track for my podcast intro and the end, one track for music, one track for any promotional offers or announcements that I want to record separately or reuse for future episodes, one track for my solo episode, and if I'm recording a guest interview, a fifth track for the guest interview. Creating separate tracks means that you're less likely to accidentally delete parts of your recording. You can reuse certain parts for future episodes and it makes it easy to create transition effects like fade in and fade out between your music track and audio track. What I also like about GarageBand is that If I accidentally dragged and dropped one audio clip and superimposed it on another audio clip, causing the first few seconds of that second clip to be replaced by the first one, good news is you can recover the original audio from that clip by hovering your mouse until you see the option to expand the clip to retrieve the audio that was there previously before it was accidentally edited out. As with any software, there are limitations like the ability to increase the audio gain by a certain amount in GarageBand and there are a few tricks that you need to do up front to set up GarageBand for long episodes that you can look up on YouTube. But for a hobby podcaster, these limitations are fairly easy to work with. I mentioned earlier that when recording interviews, I have separate tracks for myself and my guest. This is a feature that from Zoom, which is a video conferencing software that I use for all my online interviews. I love Zoom because a conference call is so much easier to fit around a busy schedule. I don't need to be in the same location as my guest, so we can record them at all sorts of hours if needed, especially if they're from a different time zone. There were times where I even had to borrow a spare room in my parents' house a few times to record while my child is sleeping. The free version of Zoom has everything that I need. You don't need to exchange contact details with your guests other than an email address. And Zoom has this cool feature that allows you to record the audio from online interviews as two separate audio files. You can also enable a feature in Zoom called Use Original Audio, which records a higher sound quality for both you and your guest the caveat for this working is that you have a decent sound card to work with when you record a video conference on zoom with a record interview a separate audio file feature enabled what you get is a video which is handy for online training if you plan to repurpose that but you also get separate audio files for yourself and your guest It means that you can adjust the volume in case your guest's audio input is softer or louder than yours. You can edit any unwanted background noises, heavy breathing, or filler words. The next thing I want to cover is the platform for hosting your podcast. It's recommended that you host your podcast with a platform that manages the distribution for you to places like Spotify and Stitcher, as opposed to hosting your podcast directly through your website host. The reason for this is because if there are any issues with your website provider or you decide to switch service providers, this means downtime for your podcast. And besides, who's got the time? to manually distribute podcasts to new channels anyway when the landscape keeps changing. The beauty of using a podcast platform is that they take care of the distribution for you. There are some additional steps to get your podcast onto iTunes. So create a trailer episode or an introductory episode to start with and allow for a few business days for that trailer episode to go through the iTunes approval process in the lead up to your launch. Podcast platforms that are fully featured most likely require membership fees and it costs more than hosting a website. So if you're a hobby podcaster like me, the good news is that there are platforms that allow you to host for free like Anchor and Wooshka. The trade-off is that analytics is limited It's not as easy to allow your guests to preview an episode before it's live and there are subtle differences in the terms and conditions which you can read up on if you're into that kind of detail. I started off with a paid platform called Libsyn to experience what it would be like to have a fully featured service but the idea of paying a monthly fee for eternity didn't sit well with me so I traded off all the bells and whistles I made do with the features that I have available and fingers crossed I will continue to be able to host for free for as long as I can. The good news is that migrating your podcast between platforms is a really seamless process. It's as easy as changing mobile phone providers, for example, and keeping your same number. So if you're just starting out, I'd start with the free options and upgrade to a fully featured service once you have a big enough audience where it makes sense to start investing in things like analytics. To wrap up this episode, here's what we covered in part three of the Beginner's Guide to Podcasting. If your recording space is fully carpeted and you have a soundproofed enclosed space to recording, then you can go with any USB podcast microphone that suits your budget and personal preferences. But if sound quality is important to you, or if you don't have a soundproofed space to record in, I recommend the Rode Podcaster. I support Rode because it's designed and made in Australia, so if you are also from Australia, then do support Rode as well. When it comes to monitoring earphones... You can get by with cheaper options if most of your content are solo episodes. But if you plan to do a lot of interviews for your podcast, then consider investing in a pair of closed back monitoring earphones that are comfortable to wear. And they won't fall apart in less than a year like mine did. And they won't cause sound interference when there are two or more people talking on your interviews. When recording interviews, I recommend using Zoom as it allows you to record separate audio files for you and your guests. Let your guests know that it's best to use wide earphones with a built-in microphone. The ones that come free with your phone are the most reliable and work better than most other fancy Bluetooth earphones out there. Lastly, host your podcast on a platform that manages distribution for you. Some are free, Some involve monthly or annual fees. Whichever option you choose will depend on your budget, how you feel about the terms and conditions for the free platforms, and whether you need some of the paid features to optimize your podcast for your business. There's a lot of ground that we've covered in this three-part series in the Beginner's Guide to Podcasting. For those of you listening on the go, I created a cheat sheet that you can download and use to plan your own podcast. I share the exact process that I use to brainstorm the ingredients for my podcast elevator pitch, how to plan ideas for episodes based on your ideal listener profile, how to prepare for guest interviews, and the exact equipment and software that I use to record, edit and distribute and manage my workflow all in one document. To grab the podcast planner, check out the link in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed the Beginner's Guide to Podcasting. We're at episode 49 and there is one more episode to go before I take a short break to wrap up the year. Look out for episode 50 where I share what I learned in my first year of podcasting. See you in the next episode. that's it for today's episode if you enjoyed this podcast it would mean so much to me if you would leave a review on itunes and let me know if this has helped you in any way in shaping your career goals i'd love to connect with you on linkedin and instagram you can find me at build your talent stack